Joe Biden has some Thanksgiving tips for you this year, but are any of them actually practical? And a video was found of a Democrat running for Senate in Georgia saying that you can't serve God and be in the military. I'm not so sure our troops would agree with that. And the Christmas tree is going up in Rockefeller Center, and based on its looks, it's an accurate representation of the year 2020. We've got all that and much more coming up, and it starts right now. Hey there, happy Wednesday. Welcome to the news and why it matters. I'm Hillary Kennedy. I'm still filling in for Miss Sarah Gonzalez while she's out on maternity leave. And today is a great day because not only do I love the name Jason, I have two of them here at the table, so I'm pretty pumped up about that. First, Jason Buttrell, our head writer and chief researcher for Glenn Beck. The lesser Jason at the table today. <laughs> You're the Jason. You tweeted about me earlier today. I saw that. I, I did. Was trying to figure That's out right. who that was. Yes, and our new friend Jason Whitlock, who is the host of Fearless with Jason Whitlock. Thank you for being here. Good to be here, guys. We're glad to have you here in Dallas. You came from Nashville, right? Sometime. I did come from Nashville, the greatest place on earth. Man, I've heard such good things. i got to get there as fast as I can. I we wish said, I had some family there to celebrate Thanksgiving with. We said we needed someone from Ball State to come represent the table, and we were like, where's Whitlock at? Maction. <laughs> <laughs> right. well, we're excited to have you here. So let's talk holidays, because, you know, I feel like Thanksgiving is one of those holidays that the past several years we've heard people go, no one acknowledges Thanksgiving anymore. We just head straight to Christmas. But this year, people have really been talking about Thanksgiving a lot. And it's because people like Joe Biden issued some remarks uh, regarding guidance on our Thanksgiving gatherings and how to make them COVID compliant. So let's take a listen to how he thinks we should be celebrating this year. Well, here's what I do. Let, let me tell you what the health experts have said to me. Um, and it's not because I'm unique and president-elect, it's because of my family. They strongly urge that if in fact uh, we're gonna have Thanksgiving with anyone, that we limit it to a maximum, maximum. They, they suggest five people, maximum 10 people, socially distanced wearing masks, and people who have quarantined. So Jill and I spent this morning, like many of you, trying to figure out what are we gonna do for Thanksgiving? How are we gonna do it? And we've narrowed down which family members and that they were tested, recently tested in 24 hours. And so, I would strongly urge for the sake, not just your sake, for the sake of your children, your mother, your father, your, your sisters, your brothers, whoever you get together with Thanksgiving, think about this. There should be no group more than 10 people in one room at one time, I mean, in, 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 inside the homes. That's what they're telling me. They're telling me, they're, you know, making sure that that's the case. And I have the... I have the, the more potent mask behind this one. I took it off when I came out here. I wear it inside this, that to be masked. It saves lives. And so, look, I just want to make sure that uh, we're able to be together uh, next Thanksgiving, uh, next Christmas. So that kind of sounds like he was saying that if we don't follow all of those orders, that next Thanksgiving, next Christmas, Hanukkah, all of that, we'll be dealing with this all over again. So ideally, he wants us to stick to about five people in a household and wear a mask. How are we supposed to celebrate Thanksgiving wearing a mask? I mean, because they're saying put it back on in between bites and, and a it's lot of folks are saying eat outside. It, it, it's impractical, particularly wearing a mask around family members. 
and, and listen, the thing that I think a lot of people are losing sight of, Thanksgiving in 2020 is really important. We've been through a lot. Mm-hmm. And people need that communal normalcy, hope, upliftment, elevated spirits. And because again, you can die from more than COVID. Mm-hmm. Depression, mm-hmm. suicide, uh, people's lives have been pretty miserable in 2020. And so I, I'm not gonna reject everything uh, J- Joe Biden is saying, but I, I think he's gotta factor in some other things into the advice and just, it's impractical, impractical to expect family members to sit at a dinner table with masks on. It's not happening on a daily basis, so why would it happen on Thanksgiving? Mm-hmm. I'd be much more willing to listen to people like Joe Biden, other prominent members of the Democratic Party on their science behind their mask mandates if they would all adhere to them as well. You know, if there wasn't a Gavin Newsom out there partying it up, you know, while he's also telling people to keep, oh, but make sure there's only 10 people in your house for frickin' Thanksgiving. You, you know, your own family members. I'd be much more willing to listen to him then. Now, that's not to say I would do it. You know, Joe Biden can urge whoever he wants. I'm not going to adhere to what he urges me to do with my own family on Thanksgiving. I'm just not. Maybe that's the libertarian in me saying that. But, you know, I I really don't care what he urges, you know, on or off that. Um, I think that it's important to not allow us ourselves to be treated like babies, right? We're responsible human adults. The entire country, well, most of the country, if you live outside of Oregon, are responsible adults. Um, We know when to say, hey, maybe you should wear a mask when you come around grandma. We know if there's people that are at risk within our own households, we're inviting them to our freaking house for crying out loud. You know, we know when to say, uh, let's be a little bit more careful, you know, Mm -hmm. or or let's separate maybe some of the kids from, you know, because maybe they'll pass off this to, you know, our, you know, the great, great granddad or whatever. We're responsible enough to do that for ourselves. We do not need the government to tell us to do these things. Well, some Midwest governors think that they do need to tell us. Uh, They teamed up to issue a warning about COVID-19 in the holidays. They're giving their recommendations, such as meeting over Zoom. They've got a few. I want you to take a listen to these. And with Thanksgiving around the corner, remember, be smart. Follow recommendations from medical experts. Getting together with your family via Zoom to ensure your loved ones stay safe is the right thing to do. Wear a mask. Take it off when you eat or drink, then put it back on. Keep six feet apart as much as you can. Get your flu shot and wash your hands regularly and try not to share utensils. All of these measures are crucial if we want to keep our small businesses and our schools open. When it comes to fighting this virus, we are all on the same team. Let's make sure to stay smart and stay safe this winter. We will get through this together. So that wasn't all uh, Governor Whitmer you just saw. She ordered high schools and colleges to stop in-person classes, closed restaurants to indoor dining, suspended organized sports, including the football playoffs, uh, to try and curb their spike in coronavirus cases. Uh, Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot announced a stay-at-home advisory. It went into effect this Monday. Ohio Governor Mike DeWine announced a new curfew aiming at slowing the spread. So a lot of people are, are issuing these stay-at-home orders, a lot, of, a lot of these state representatives. Do you think people are going to listen to them? No. I mean, no, I really don't. And I think there will be people that will pretend and will virtue signal or, do, you know, look how compliant I am. 
But the reality is, I, I think this cuts across whether you're conservative or liberal, Republican or Democrat. People are making their own decisions about how they want to address COVID. There's a group of people that just don't want to live their lives in fear. And so they're willing to take that risk and deal with the consequences. I have a lot of respect for those people. I think it's a mistake to live a life of fear. I think we've been pumped a message of fear all of 2020, and it hasn't really helped things get better. Uh, I think there's a lot of people that feel like the mask deal hasn't really helped. It sounds good. But and so I think this cuts across political points of view. I, I, I talk to people that are on the other side of the political aisle or, or left wing. They're doing what they want to do as well. Now, they may say publicly that they're not or they may tisk tisk people that they see without a mask. But just like Gavin Newsom. Governor of California, I lived there for 10 years. He's tisk tisking everybody, but he's eating in large gatherings. I've been, I live in Nashville. I've been to restaurants and bars where there's certainly more than 10 people there. And I'm not saying everybody should do it, but that's how I want to live my life. That's what America's about. Mm -hmm. My favorite part of this, if you really listen to some of these, like the more you know, you know, messages, you know, I don't know which governor that was, but he was like, make sure you guys wash your hands. Oh, thank you for telling us that. We're such <laughs> babies. We didn't know to wash our hands. And maybe the best one, don't use the same utensils. Oh my gosh, like we usually just have one set of utensils and we just pass it around the Thanksgiving table. <laughs> Thanks for letting us know. What cracks me up is, I mean, their campaign over this past several six months or whatever has all just been Corona. It's, it's all they've got. And now they're kind of doubling down on really, that's still all they have right now. Um, you, you're getting power through this, I get it, and you're enjoying it. But for the love of, you know, all that is holy, allow people to, just like what you said, make their own decisions for crying out loud. Mm -hmm. We're not stupid. Um, of course, be smart about it. You know, if, if you want to, you know, during that time when we were told we have two weeks to stop the curve, you know, and we all, we were all like, okay, yeah, we're all in on that. Okay, fine. We, every single person was in on that, yeah. you know, to relieve the hospitals. But then two weeks went by, three weeks went by, it, it continues to go on. And now starting, I think today, this week, at least, they're shutting back down. I, I've got I, a 50 year tradition of eating off of any plate that I see fit. <laughs> and I Ain't don't stopping. think that's gonna stop. Really <laughs> I'm going to follow your lead this year and do the exact same thing. Well, I'll tell you who's not putting up with this anymore. Uh, three sheriffs from upstate New York said that they're not gonna be enforcing mm -hmm. Governor Andrew Cuomo's Thanksgiving coronavirus restrictions. Now, he didn't say how these restrictions would be enforced. He's leaving that up to the local authorities. And that's why they're saying, you know, your house is your castle. And one of the sheriffs said, as a sheriff with a law degree, I couldn't in good faith attempt to defend it in court, so I won't. Who and how many people you invite in your home is your business, unlike outdoor gatherings, which may receive a police response if disorderly or other violations of public nuisance laws occur. So, you know, these sheriffs are saying, we trust the residents to have their best judgment in mind, take precautions when around those who are particularly vulnerable, but make your own decisions. I feel like this really shows how crucial your local sheriff is. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I, I tell you what, sheriff departments and, and your local sheriff, your elected sheriff, literally will be the saving grace when, if the government ever does decide to come crazy down on everyone and, you know, and 
you know, governors, mayors, whatever, are trying to push things that are blatantly against the Bill of Rights, the Constitution, your local sheriff will be your saving grace. So if you don't know who your sheriff is, get to know your sheriff. If you were never involved in electing a sheriff, make sure you know the sheriff that you're electing and get to know him very well. Um, I, I, this makes my heart feel so good when you hear that because you see things. You see like, um, you know, they're closing down, uh, you know, churches. Now, do they have emergency powers to do that? Yes, they do to a certain point, but they better damn well have the data to back it up. Otherwise, you're looking at a lawsuit after that. But it comes a certain time when they're saying, hey, guys, go in and break up that church. There comes a point where there's got to be someone in the room that says, guys, this is against the Constitution. We can't do that. If you can't rely on your local police department, damn well better be, uh, be, better believe to, uh, that you can count on that sheriff. Mm -hmm. And so thank goodness for those guys. Yeah, they've really taken a stand, which has been nice. Jason, have you seen any crazy restrictions in Nashville where you are? I mean, I know in California, I'm sure you saw plenty. Uh, on listen, the daily. <laughs> we have a pretty crazy mayor in Nashville. Uh, Tennessee is a red state. Nashville is a blue city uh, politically. And so, <clears throat> you know, our mayor in, in, in Nashville has played some games with the numbers and with uh, positive COVID tests. And he's been the... the Nashville's got a great entertainment scene, and he has really irritated restaurant owners, bar owners. Uh, some, he's another one of these guys that believes that con uh, Corona strikes at 10.01 p.m. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the smart virus, Jason, come down. on. I mean, 9.58 p.m., you're perfectly <laughs> safe. 10.01, things get a little crazy, and Corona just goes wild. <laughs> and so, again, we're all flummoxed and just don't understand in Nashville. Look, this it's an we call it Nash Vegas. It's an entertainment. People come there to have a good time. They don't like going to bed at 10 o'clock. Uh, but somehow we figured out that the, the virus strikes. Uh, it's like when the streetlights come on, <laughs> right. the virus comes out to play. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty incredible, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I tell you what, I don't want to hear anybody's uh, opinion in the government uh, on this, on, on the lockdowns and all that stuff, unless they've actually missed a paycheck over any of this. I don't want to hear from them. I want to hear the people that are not getting paychecks. I went to New Orleans uh, over the summer, and we were just looking for anywhere we thought might. So we were like, if any place, the Big Easy is going to have some uh, nightlife, nothing. Everything was boarded up. You walk down Bourbon Street, nothing. I talked to my Uber driver, and she was like, we're, we're screwed. She had another job. She had to quit to do Uber. And she was like, we're, we're banking on college football coming. That's the only thing we have left. That's the only thing that's going to inject some kind of money. They were all done. They were like, I hope that's they so lift this. Sad. I know, but no one's talking to them. No mm -hmm. one's asking their opinion, and they're suffering. Yeah. All right, so we have to go to break. We do have more to come. First, we want to thank our sponsor, Omega XL. You know, whether it's your back or your knees, neck, or awful shoulder pain, the underlying cause, it's likely inflammation. You have to defeat inflammation, or it can cause some permanent damage. Backed by 35 years of clinical research, Omega XL attacks the inflammation that's causing your pain. It is brilliant because pain relievers and topical rubs, they just mask the problem. But Omega XL, it neutralizes the inflammation that causes those painful stiff joints and muscles. There was a doctor that said with my prescription pad, I can't write anything that comes close to doing what Omega XL does. So if you're suffering with aches and pains and stiffness, you need to try Omega XL. So let's get you started. Order Omega XL now. Get a second bottle free. Visit OmegaXL.com slash news. That's OmegaXL.com slash news. Or you can call 800-844-4888. That's 800-844-4888. We'll be back in a minute.
Joe Biden's call for unity, it does not seem to be going quite as planned. We're going to start with how it's not working out in sports. Uh, Houston Rockets player James Harden wants to change teams because the Rockets owner supported President Trump. So this report surfaced on the Odd Couple podcast this week. Um, NBA insider Rick Butcher said that... Rick Buecher. Buecher, thank you. You're the one that knows all this about <laughs> the story, I'm sure. So, I mean, they basically said that he, it's making a lot of these players want to revolt because the owner is very pro-Trump, has never shied away from saying that he supports him. He's met with him several times. Um, the owner even said taking so much power away from the government and putting it back into business is going to be great for American capitalism. And why is America great? One reason, American capitalism. But a lot of these players don't like that hard. And also Russell Westbrook is also reportedly requesting a trade along with Harden. So, Jason, obviously you are the sports guy. Um, what are your thoughts on James Harden wanting to do this? Hillary, I'm glad you brought this topic up. It, I've been, I want to talk about it. Uh, I think these guys are using Trump as an excuse for their failure actually on the court. James Harden, Russell Westbrook were brought together to try to win a championship in Houston. It was an utter failure. Uh, they both put up some nice statistics, but it just didn't work on the court. Rather than being man enough to accept the responsibility for that failure, they have pivoted to, what? It's, it's, it's Trump. Hmm. It's our owner. He supports Trump. Get me the hell out of here. And it's embarrassment about their own failure. The, the general manager, Daryl Morey, the one guy that had to uh, balls to criticize China. Uh, he got fired or, or pushed out and now works for another organization. And so the whole thing just didn't work. And the athletes are doing what has been popular to do in 2020. If anything goes wrong, it's Trump's fault. You know, I, I had lost two or three pounds this year. And then, uh, you know, I discovered Trump was president and I put it back on. It's, 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 we should have known it, it would be his it was, fault. It's Trump, it's, yeah. it's Colin Kaepernick pretty much exactly to the T. The moment you start sucking, you find a cause to jump behind. Um, Colin was never an activist before he started riding the bench and he got picked off about 827 times. I'm not sure that year. Colin could spell activist before <laughs> uh, he failed as a quarterback. The, the, the ironic thing is, is, if you really are irritated at your owner you know, for doing something, just stay in your job and just request more money. They're already taking millions from this guy. They're willing to pay James Harden like $50 million. Oh my the, God. The fatigue, they're all in on James Harden. It, this is. It's just pandering. Yeah. He wants out of Houston. He needs to be man enough to say that. Don't bring Trump into this. Don't bring the... He's known the owner. The owner's never hid his support of Trump. You could have bailed on him last year. You could have... Mm -hmm. He's had three years to bail on the ownership. The ownership has never hidden what it is and what it supports. This is an excuse making. And this, this is... We were talking during the commercial break about, you know, what's going on with sports and just how my perspective and point of view on athletes, these guys are cowards. Hmm. They're not man enough to stand up for what they truly believe. And now they're, look, convenient excuse, blame Trump. And again, this is not some great defense of President Trump. If they don't like President Trump, fine. I don't have a problem with it. But don't use him as some excuse for your own failures and your cowardice not to stand up and to say, you know what, I just want out of here. This didn't work. I want to go play someplace else. Deal with that heat. Now, by blaming Trump and saying this about the ownership, anybody that criticized James, they're going to play that old card, the race card. Oh, well, you're a racist. 
Yeah. You know, yeah. our owner, he's a racist because he, he supports Trump. This is it's cowardice. There's a, we keep talking about this covid pandemic. The pandemic going on in America is cowardice. Mm. I'm embarrassed for men across this country. And I'm not trying to be sexist. I'm not. But men have failed all over this country. It's a bunch of cowards. People won't stand up for what they believe in. Athletes, we had them on a pedestal where we thought uh, they actually represented something of value. And, and they've all just exposed themselves as cowards, brainless, trolls, controlled by uh, handlers. It, the whole thing drives me crazy. Let me shut up. Well, so, no, Amen. I, no, I mean, that, that was perfectly stated. And you've been working in sports for so long. And we've really seen how politics has started to be so prevalent in sports. What are your thoughts on how it's just infiltrated all of our sports teams? It's not surprising. Uh, I'm going to go a little bit big picture here. So I hope we got a little time. <laughs> and not for me, because I want you all to respond. Uh, listen, China, run by the Communist Party, they've always used race and racism to demonize the West. We're the racist people. And so all of this is just infiltration. It's this whole globalist agenda we have where we've allowed China to come in and inter, uh, uh, influence an American sport, basketball. It, they're trying to influence our popular culture and they're winning. They've politicized sports. Sports have always been built about celebrating Americana. It's always been a family event. You take your kids and look at those athletes, their role models, their work ethic. You play the national anthem. All the values that we try to lean into in America were celebrated in sports. Our enemies realize that and they said if they really want to influence American culture, we have to politicize and demonize America through sports. That's what's been going on. LeBron James, Colin Kaepernick are doing the bidding of China to demonize and provoke all this anti-American sentiment. It's been devastating to our country. It's been devastating to our culture. It, it, it's, it's turned a lot of people, as we were talking during the break, it's turned us off of sports in a way. My whole life has been built around sports. I wouldn't be here if I hadn't got a college football scholarship as an 18-year-old kid. In 1984, me and my dad are living in a one-bedroom, 400-square-foot apartment in the ghetto. The only people looking for me were college football coaches. I never got a whiff of the NFL. Playing college football changed my life, opened the world up to me, that I opened my mind up to all kinds of possibilities. Sport, the whole thing just it, it drives me crazy. No, same here. I am so hurt. We were we were talking off air. I I I'm a huge NFL fan. Would not watch it this year. It doesn't make any sense that I watch the NBA because they were worse in this whole thing. But that really but is crazy. It's weird, right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But I'd have something to watch. Um, but I did. I didn't watch it. You know. I, you know. I, I've been three biggest. Some of the three biggest influences in my life. One also sports, especially as a young person, military and church. Um, all three of those, I can say the same thing. Race didn't mean jack crap mm -hmm. in either one of those. Wow. Not on Say that again. Military, church, and sports. And sports. And your 
<laughs> You're right. It, it, no one cares. Not in the locker room. Not when when they're beating the crap out of you. Everyone there is worthless to that coach. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Or that drill instructor. Yeah. We did. You look at someone in a forty-man platoon in the Marine Corps. You do not care what color their skin is. It's it's an amazing thing, and it's something our kids right now would 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 uh, experience all over the country if there wasn't for this bullcrap in this country right now. But now it's plastered all over. One of the things that was never a part of uh, or a part of uh, um, sports politics. I mean, they've tried they've tried to do this for eons. They tried to do this to Michael Jordan, and Michael Jordan might, might have been the last one that had the balls to say, "No, I'm not doing it." Mm -hmm. Let me make one more point because Jason, I don't know how old you are, but I'm 53. You guys are a little bit younger. But just, I think we've all lived long enough. Do you remember what the number one sign you would see at sporting events 10, 20, 30 years ago? You'd pan into the stands and there would be a fan and every TV station would show it or network that would show it. John 316 sign. Mm. God gave his only begotten son. That was the number one thing. They'd always pan in the stands, someone, a John 316 sign. Look what they've done to sports now. The number one message you'll see is something Black Lives Matter related. Yep. Something that, and again, if, if you understand Black Lives Matter, it's a Marxist ideology and philosophy. It's hostile towards religion. Yep. Sports always had a great connection mm -hmm. with religious faith. They've removed that. They've taken John 6, 3, 16 out and put Black Lives Matter in this, it's crazy. This was such a good, you guys are giving me chills. This was a good <laughs> conversation. All right, we do have more to come. First, we want to thank our sponsor, Rough Greens. You know, if you're a dog owner, loving your dog, it's only part of the responsibility that you have as a owner. You also have to take good care of them and make sure that you do everything you can to promote a healthy, happy life for them. But that's why there's Rough Greens. So Rough Greens, it isn't a dog food. It's a supplement that you put on your dog's food, and it contains all the nutrients that your dog needs, but that get cooked out of all the, the dried kibble food when it's being made. The probiotics, the antioxidants, the vitamins, the minerals, the omega oils. Those are just some of the things that your dog needs to lead a healthier lifestyle. And they're all the things that are in Rough Greens. So you can get the Rough Greens Jumpstart Bag today for just $14.95 and start the process of getting your dog healthier and happier. If you want to see your dog thrive again, just go to roughgreens.com slash blaze. That's R-U-F-F-Greens.com slash blaze. We will be right back. The Democrat Senate candidate Raphael Warnock, there was a video that surfaced this week of him saying, nobody can serve America in the military while also serving God. Listen to this. America, nobody can serve God and the military. You can't serve God and money. You cannot serve God and mammon at the same time. America, choose ye this day whom you will serve. Okay, so I'm going to give you a little background on this. His campaign is claiming that he's referring to the Bible verses about serving two masters. You know, you can't serve God and money, that kind of thing. And he's saying, you know, he, he was just trying to point out that you, you need to commit to moral life before pursuing other priorities. But he made this statement in a state that has 14 military installations and nearly 80% of the state's residents say that they are, they, or they consider themselves to be Christian. So, Jason, you've spent time in the military. Um, 
I feel like you might have a lot to say on this, that you can't serve both God and the military. Um, for one, the Bible verse he's quoting doesn't say military at all. Mammon isn't ancient Aramaic or Hebrew or any other language for military. It, it is money. So I, I, it sounds like they're doing a little backpedaling there. Um, I know multiple people that joined the military because of their strong faith, and they wanted to make sure that they could protect people that were weaker than themselves. Mm -hmm. um, they were the ones putting themselves out there and saying, I will die before you. That's the United States military. Um, this guy pisses me off, uh, pisses me off hardcore. Um, I just did a big thing. In fact, tonight on Glenn's show, we discuss uh, Raphael Warnock a little bit, um, but I went through hours of his sermons and I couldn't tell if it was a church or if it was a Democratic National Convention. Uh, actually, further left than that. It sounded to me like his religion was more radical leftism than anything else. But, you know, I don't, I, I, I'm not gonna question his faith in God. I'm not gonna do that. But I will question when you start blending politics and religion together, because it doesn't always work out. Um, before long, you're just a mouthpiece for whatever ideology you agree when, with that's also not even in parallel, but also with, you know, your God and your religion. Mm -hmm. um, he does it masterfully, and I can see why he has a big following, because he's a very good speaker, and he's a very intelligent man. Um, I just think he sucks on politics and economics. Um, and I, but I also, even going further than that, I will say that, and Jason, you might have a lot more on this to say than I do, but I've seen a lot of, you know, there's a huge disconnect between um, a part of the uh, country that thinks that the other side is just evil. They literally think that we're evil. And I'm like, where does this come from? And then I look at this uh, like black liberation theology in the church, and it looks like it's just been, it's bluntly being preached there. Critical race theory, everything's based off of race. The church has never been about that. The church has always been, no, race has no difference. Mm -hmm. Jesus was the one that said Gentiles, Jew does not matter. Mm -hmm. um, that's what we should be teaching in our churches and not politics. I mean, obviously you call something out if you see something truly evil that a politician does, you call it out. Right. But this goes way beyond that. And I think it's sad because it's further splintering us apart. It's not bringing us together. Yeah, I, I'm not qualified to question his belief in, in God. That's something between him in and God. God. I would question his understanding of religion, of God, of Christianity. I'm not sure what denomination of church he's uh, talking about. But I, I hear his message as just a clear statement of what he's really saying is you can't serve this country and serve God. America's evil. You can't be patriotic and be a Christian is basically his message. Mm. And it's a sad message. And, and someone like you that has served in the military, my dad, my uncles, my brother, all served in the military, all had their lives transformed in a positive way yeah. by the military. And and then as a religious person, as a, a theologian or somebody like, Christians are persecuted. There's a long history of that. I think the Bible actually writes about it, I think. Uh, and so if there's a group of people that have been persecuted, perhaps that's why you have a military to protect a country that guarantees your religious freedoms, unlike a lot of countries around the world, and particularly communist, socialist countries that are hostile towards religion. But we were 
and unfortunately we're, we don't seem to be anymore, but we were a Judeo-Christian society. That was our founding principles and that's what got us to greatness. We guaranteed religious freedom and understanding that you know, we were mostly a Christian country or just even a faith-based country. We need protection because we will be persecuted. And so the walk of a Christian is a dangerous walk. It's not a popular walk. Uh, he has crafted a message to make him popular uh, with the mainstream media. He's actually serving the media and democratic politics more than he seems to be serving God. And it's been unfortunate to where I think for a lot of black people, and I don't want to generalize about us, but we've made politics our religion or we've made race our religion more than the worshiping of God and the principles taught in the Bible. Uh, and so he's just off into that political lane that's very popular. Barack Obama was the key to making this happen. He right now, I hate to say it, but Obama's like the Jesus of black people right now. We're worshiping man and we're not worshiping God. And it, it's really sad. I hear what the guy's saying and it just makes me sad. I don't see. I don't see how going back towards like an LBJ uh, war on poverty, great society type plan is what is going to help minority communities. What has it done? You know, I don't, I don't understand. Like, I guess, have you seen, like, there's the walk away movement, you know, yep. people like Candace Owens. Is there more of a, hey, like, maybe this is a con? Maybe we've been lied to? I think there's some. I think we saw some of that in the election in terms of black people waking up to like, hold on, man, we used to like Trump. And now he's the worst thing in the world. And maybe we're being lied to. I do start to think there is an awakening. But I also think the, the Democratic Party and the left have executed a masterful plan in terms of making race the center of black identity. Hmm. Again, no other skin color has to live up and be as, you don't wake up every day like, I need to be as white as I possibly can be. Where black people are literally waking up, I gotta show how unapologetically black I am. I'm gonna be celebrated over social media for doing something black. And other groups, everybody else is like, man, I wanna show the world how intelligent I am. Hmm. I wanna show the world how Christian I am. I wanna show the world what a commitment I have to my family. I wanna show the world how hardworking I am. Everybody else is free from their race to go out and pursue whatever they want. The Democrats have done an amazing job and, and the left in Hollywood and in the movie, TV and music industry have done an amazing job of convincing black people, start your day thinking, how can I be blacker than coffee cut with grape Kool-Aid? How can you do that? A bunch of old white people <laughs> on the left. They're the ones imposing their will on this. Yes, it's and they define blackness. As Joe Biden said, you don't vote for me, you ain't black. black. Mm. It's, they get to control what blackness is and then they tell black people, you go out and be black. It's. <laughs> It's, 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 and, and we have ministers basically signing off on it, mm. and it, yeah. it's a sad place. All right, we've got to go to break. We've got uh, a couple of really interesting stories, and one about uh, the Hunter Biden laptop scandal coming up, so stay with us.
Okay, so I promised you some information on the Hunter Biden laptop scandal. Don't be mad, this probably isn't the update that you want, but I just wanted everyone to know that some internal data from the Biden campaign, it shows that the bombshell stories relating to that laptop, they apparently really helped the campaign more than we originally thought because the mainstream media was not covering it. They just were silent for the most part on that story. And it did seem to help Joe Biden much more than I think any of us here really thought that it would. But back in 2016, the Hillary Clinton email scandal that broke and the mainstream media did cover it and it, it hurt her quite a bit. So they, they decided not to cover the Hunter Biden laptop story, but what they did cover, this is insane. <laughs> Ivanka Trump blamed a fart on her classmates when she was a bratty teenager. And creepy Donald commented on her friend's weight, claims her former best friend. This was, this was covered by the Daily Mail. Outlets all over have been picking up this story. So this is just groundbreaking, isn't it? Compared to the Hunter Biden laptop scandal, this is way more important, wouldn't you say? Oh, yeah. Come on. I mean, it's just nuts, isn't it? Is this the me fart movement we got going (laughs) on? Because I'm going to get busted, cold busted, if that's that's what this is. (laughs) Absolutely ridiculous. I mean, if if you didn't think that the mainstream media was in bed with a certain, you know, political party, then come on, case in point right there. They did not want this to come out. Um, And and it's this the Hunter Biden laptop story, even if there's not more proof that comes out and there's a smoking gun at anything, if, if anything, it proves that the kind of capitalism that the left claims to hate is now their poster boy mm-hmm. like crony capitalism cannot happen without private businesses and someone in the government colluding together so they can enrich themselves that's exactly what hunter biden was doing just because he was lucky enough to be born into a privileged class yeah. the privileged class so he could follow his dad all over the world and enrich himself with millions that's exactly who they elected and again they claim to hate that right but now they're cheering for him and doing Celebrations out in the streets. Exactly. Look, I, I'm going to do Twitter's job here and put up a little warning sign that <laughs> what I'm about to say hasn't been proven or whatever. <laughs> Listen to this carefully because <laughs> I, the, the Biden story just doesn't do it for me only because I think even if they had covered it, there's so much voter fraud here that it wouldn't have mattered. Donald Trump could have got 20 million more votes and they would have come up with 21 million more votes. Right. So, you know, I think it's hypocritical and sad that they didn't cover the story. But this election to me, and I know Twitter, put up your disclaimer if (laughs) they run this clip. I'm probably wrong here, but there was just so much fraud to me that well, that's, yeah, big tech and the, the mainstream media. Neither one of them wanted to cover Hunter Biden, but Ivanka passing gas. Sure, let's let's put that everywhere. Okay, I'm going to move on from that story and talk about the new Rockefeller Plaza Christmas tree. Everyone's saying it's very on brand for 2020 because it it's 72 feet tall, right? No, that was two years ago it was 72 feet tall. This year it's 75 foot, I'm sorry. But people oh are saying that it's a huge disappointment. They took the, the protective wrapping off the tree and the branches kind of you know, fell into place and people were like, it's so sparse and it looks terrible. And I noticed this the other day because I saw Charlie Brown was trending on Twitter and I was like, why is Charlie Brown trending on Twitter? And they were saying like, Charlie Brown had a sad tree, but they were saying this is like Look at that way thing. sadder than that. Oh my gosh. Um, a lot of, some experts have said the tree just needs a couple of moments to regain its shape. 
but do you think this tree is actually going to look better with time or is this just what we're stuck with for 2020? I don't know if you can change the shape of that. That thing looks pretty dang bad. <laughs> that pretty much is the epitome of 2020 right there. That looks, that to me reminds me of when Clark Griswold, his tree burned down and he had to go out into the backyard and cut down a replacement. Right. Like something like that. Griswold might have been involved in finding this tree. I, I guess, you know, <laughs> y'all didn't grow up the way that I grew up. That looks like a damn good tree. To <laughs> we didn't have trees that good in my house. That looks pretty good to me. I'm always impressed when someone has a real tree. We always had the artificial trees, so. Yeah, yeah. Our know. artificial tree didn't look that good. <laughs> That's a damn good tree. Any Whitlock would be proud to have that. that tree. Yeah. Which, okay, so that begs the question, do you have a real tree now or do you do artificial? That's always I the big a, argument in my I house. I got a little small, tiny artificial tree that my lawyer's wife gave me. Oh, uh, nice this year or last year very cool and jason real tree or fake tree what do you do you know when the uh when the cat started to pee weird colors we went away from the real trees uh, so now all we do is the artificial yeah one. i do so. the artificial as well <laughs> all right well so i mean if you're i guess there won't be as many people visiting new york to see the tree this year so if you're disappointed in it you probably aren't so, going to that visit. That tree will be looted so. within 48 hours. <laughs> yeah, Don't worry exactly about it. Right. <laughs> it's a symbol of oppression, that Christmas tree. <laughs> Get it. We might not have to worry about it. Well, you know, I mean, we have gone down. In 1999, the tree stood at 100 feet. Now we're at 75, so it's just getting smaller and smaller every year. But it... It sums up 2020, so they're doing the best that they can. Good for you, New York City. Most people aren't allowed to leave their homes to see it anyway, so I know. You know, you're not missing anything. <laughs> All right, we got to go to break. We'll be back with our question of the day. That's so sad. The question we asked yesterday was, who is the future of the Democratic Party? Is it AOC, Kamala Harris, or Stacey Abrams? And it looks like 57.6% of you said AOC. Do you guys agree with that? That's weird because you would think some kind of intelligence would need to be the future of the Democratic Party, and I'm just not seeing any really at all on that, especially not AOC. That's extremely depressing right there, and it's also kind of telling that you could not put a moderate on that list. You know, you really could not. Uh, and that actually, let me play it fairly. You probably could not put a moderate on either list if it said the Republican Party or the Democrat Party. Yeah. Um, the country is growing apart. It's just, it's just the way it is. The, peop the person that embodies left-wing populism mm -hmm. is going to be the Democratic Party. The person that embodies right-wing populism is probably going to be the Republican Party. Yeah, I don't see any of those three being the future of the Democratic Party. Uh, you know, I think 2022 is going to be the final death knell for the Democratic Party, and they're going to have to totally revamp. Um, you know, on the Republican side, and I know no one asked me that, but I'm kind of high on Josh Hawley out of Missouri. Mm -hmm. uh, he, he reminds me of, of uh, a Republican version of John Kennedy. Uh, and again, I'm a little bit biased. I've known him since he was a kid in Kansas City. He was a high school football player in Kansas City when I was a sports writer there. Uh, but I'm high Let's on Josh Hawley. Well, so that leads me to today's questions. Yeah. Who is the future? Or question, I don't have more than one. Who is the future of the Republican Party? The Trumps, Dan Crenshaw, Christy Nome, or Ted Cruz? Oh, Christy Nome, all the way. See, that's who I picked too. Okay. Yep. Absolutely. Of that group, I would pick Christy Nome. Uh, although I do think the Trumps and per maybe Donald Trump Sr. or Jr. will be in play. 
Absolutely. Uh, but Christy Nome, I would pick out of that group. Yeah. I may move to her state if things get any crazier. <laughs> Christy Nome is, you can tell she not only is is a conservative, she believes it and she understands it to the core. Yes, totally a lives it. Anybody else on the list to include the Trumps or even Dan Crenshaw who's closer, I would say, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't fully believe that they believe yeah, it in their core. Yeah, she's a standout. Yeah. All right, so Jason, if people want to follow you, know, know more about you, where can they go? Uh, Outkick.com. Uh, I got an archive there, or you can catch me over at Twitter at WhitlockJason. Perfect, and Jason Buttrell on Twitter too. Awesome. Thanks for being here, guys. Thanks for listening to the news and why it matters. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you'd like to watch the program, become a Blaze TV subscriber and start your free trial now at blazetv.com.